You're listening to the Moody Mommies Podcast. Audio warning. You may or may not hear kids screaming and yelling in the background. Or us screaming or yelling at them to keep it together. It's your Moody Mommies here. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Jessica. And we are still continuing all of the conversations about shmishmortions. Shmishmortions. Yeah. So um, last episode, if you guys haven't heard it, the two of us read over a few stories from moms that sent them in to us. And this time we are going to have a moms. couple guests. Mm-hmm. We're going to have guests tell their own story. So that way you could really, I mean, the impact is so much stronger when you hear it from their own voices. Yes. Um, one of the stories is very, very emotional. So I think we're going to keep that one t- for the end. Yes. And we're going to start off um, with my friend Brianna. And I just want you guys to know that I was not being sensitive at all during this topic it's okay it's not okay i mean <laughs> it's, kind of okay, but it's just it's every situation is different yeah. so i mean you guys will hear it yourself yeah. so and, and i mean you know brie is my friend and like we said in the last episode we really this is a serious situation we know but we're just not serious women right so i heard the story before it wasn't like something that was news to me and at this point in our lives like 10 years later, we've turned it into a joke, even though it shouldn't be. I mean, it is. I mean, as long as she's okay with her decisions and she can laugh about it. I mean, hey. Yeah. But I had a lot of fun in the conversation. I think it was a good conversation. You guys are going to crack up a little, too. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But if you're offended, we apologize. Yes, yes, yes. Um, But like we said, it's about abortion. So... Fair warning, fair trigger warning. It's a little bit of an emotional roller coaster, guys. Yeah, and this is going to be probably our very longest episode ever. Very. So in the show notes, I'll put in the times where each new story begins. So that way, if you want to listen to something in particular or, you know, you want to skip something else, you need to come back to it later. You guys got to hear it all. You do have to hear it all, <laughs> but it's it's going to take some time to get through it. So if you have a work day and you could just plug in and listen for three hours, that's probably how long this is going to be. Probably the best way to go. But um, we also want to thank everyone for the amazing feedback yeah. that we've been getting about this topic. And it's just so heartwarming. Me and Jessica, you know, we take time away from our kids and our busy lives to make time to make these episodes for you guys and we really enjoy doing it and it's so amazing to hear that you guys are enjoying hearing it so we hope you enjoy how are you hello oh yeah vanessa on the line too hi vanessa hi Hi too hi everyone Ooh. okay i'm well are you ready are you cooking? I'm totally ready. I'm, I'm <laughs> cooking dinner. Uh-huh. I'm cooking dinner, but I'm totally ready. Okay. All right. I guess I should introduce you. 
<laughs> All right, Moody Mommy. So this is one of my very best friends. Wait, are we? Are you staying anonymous or are we saying who you are? No, you can say who I am. Okay. Are you sure? Okay. Yeah. We just want yeah. to make sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Brianna, and I've talked about her in other episodes about like how she's the craziest person with a million kids. But <laughs> um, in the best way. In the best, best, best way. And I've been dying to get you on the podcast. I know I tell you almost all the time. When am I recording right, with dying, you? I've been dying to get on. I know. Yes. Yeah. We hear you got some stories to share. Yeah. I've got stories, girl. I know. So basically, why don't we start at the beginning with your first baby? Okay. Well, um, my first baby is Alessa. And she is 12, going to be 13 this year. And um, I had her in 2006 when I was 18. And that's when I and, met. And that's when I met you. So you and that's when we met. Child. Right, <laughs> right. We met years and years ago when we were working together. And so that was my first baby. And I had her with Matt, which is this guy that I met in high school. And that didn't work out. So. You know, that that's that. But and they made you, years. like, your parents mm-hmm. made you guys get married, right? Yes, yes. So our my parents are very traditional, Filipino, and they were really concerned, like, is she going to be born out of wedlock type thing? And so they had us get married, and we had this, like, huge wedding. You did? And I've never seen yeah. that kind of picture. Wow. Oh, my God. No, because I buried it really, really <laughs> far deep. It's buried very far. Um, did they make you get married in church? Yeah. I mean, they, they, yeah, they set up the whole thing. Like I had no say in it. My mom, it was like my mom's dream wedding and I was huge. It was like the worst thing ever. I'm so glad there were no pictures because I was like, um, I was like eight months pregnant. I was massive, you know? So yeah. So that's that. Like, I don't even, not even a year later we got divorced because you know, just you're asking 18 year olds to get married. And that's like, like the worst recipe you know it's a recipe for disaster so yeah because by the time um, by the time I met you you guys were already not together right yeah exactly so it was like it was like it took less than a year to get divorced but we were we weren't together for already like you know what I mean months so yeah that was that and you know we just kind of had to move on from there and kind of work it out from there but yeah it was definitely not good times for a long time because my mom was like super sad and disappointed and by the time we met, you were kind of in the dating circle again. Right, right, yeah. So I was already on the market, dating, on the prowl, looking for some dudes. Trying to ruin people's lives. And, and very successful at that. You're you know, I, was, I, was pretty, I was pretty successful yeah, at that. We both were. And I think that was like what bonded us so much is because we were both like, 19 years old, out of our minds, ruining boys' lives. Oh, manipulate <laughs> men. Yeah, <laughs> like re- reckless, reckless with people's feelings, ours, everybody. I mean, it was just, you know, it was fun. It was just so fun. <laughs> we were just like, okay. You it know? was. But you, like, talked me off the ledge so many times. There, You know, you have the friends that are like, no, you know, it's probably not a good idea. And I'm like, Brianna, I am going to get this guy and blah, 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 blah. You're like, let's go then. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm like, where is he? Let's yeah. do this. Let's go. All right, let's go. Whatever. And I'm like, what's no. the worst that can happen? We can just crash and burn. That's all. Not a big deal. You're like, if that's what you want to do, I'm here. And I was like, never mind. I think it is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, no, that. Now that we're so close, forget it. Yeah. 
Uh, okay, so then you started, um, we started dating guys, like, around the same time, right? You met somebody mm-hmm. from the area we were hanging out in. Yes. Um, who, which one was this one? I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm talking, about, you... I'm, I'm talking about this already. Oh, okay, yeah. So, yeah, so we're talking, so, um, <laughs> oh, 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 right, 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 yeah. So, I met a guy named and I like <laughs> we super could, smitten we, with him. We could yeah, get, you could we totally could like. <laughs> we, we could just not mention his name, but yeah, I was super smitten with him. And I, it was like very short after I broke up with you know. So he was like, he was like the guy, like, oh yeah, he's giving me attention. Like, oh, this is it. This is it. I'm gonna totally latch onto this guy. So that was the guy that I latched onto for like a year. And then, oh, are we gonna are we already talking about the abortion? Yeah. Okay, cool. If you're ready. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we had had been dating for like, I don't know, for sure less than a year, maybe a little bit over half a year. And we were just having super, super unprotected sex. And, you know, super, super, like, super, like, really super. Um, And and then, you know, I got pregnant. And, you know, it was really not a question after that. It was just like, I can't, I, I think, I think Alessa was already maybe not even one maybe only one and so i was like no i can't have another baby i can't have another baby with another guy like no that's i'm good on I'll, that. I'll never forget when you found out i mean all your pregnancies pretty much but like that time um we're at work and you like go into the restroom at our job take a pregnancy test and you come out and you're just like holy Stop. shit Distract. I'm pregnant again and our store manager was there and she's just like oh what a blessing and you're just like no 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 thing from a blessing yeah I was like no that's who thing who says that <laughs> <laughs> crying my eyes out no thank you but you were like still in love with him so you just just because Alessa was little did you you felt like no, I don't want to do this or what? Yeah. And I, and I also was, it was just too fresh of a wound. You know what I mean? It's too fresh of a memory, like having a baby that young traumatizing just cause like, I have no, I have no idea how to take care of myself. And then I, I barely know how to take care of my baby now. And how am I going to take care of another baby? You know, it was just like, it was just no question. It was like, I, I you know, we have to terminate cause it was, it was, it'd be too difficult. He didn't have a steady job. I didn't have a steady job. It would be a mess. It would be a mess. And we were already, we're always constantly on the rock. We had to terminate because it was just, it had been a total mess, you know? So let me backtrack a little bit because I don't Mm -hmm. even think we've ever talked about this. With um, Alessa, when you found out you were pregnant with her, was it ever a question there or was it just like, oh, I'm pregnant, I'm having a baby? It was definitely something that we talked about, but because we were just so young, because, you know, when I found out I was 17 Mm -hmm. and it was like, how are we going, you know, like I said, I live with my parents and they're super traditional. And it's like, that wouldn't have been a question to them. Like, no, how would I have been able to get an, an abortion? You know, there was just no way. Whereas the, you know, whereas I was a little bit older. Like a year uh, older. Uh-huh. Yeah, a little bit. I meant a little, like a hair, a hair older. Um, and I, I was a little bit, I think because of the situation, because of having a baby, I was a little bit less in my parents' grasp. Plus, I was working. I had a little bit of money, so it was like, okay, I can, I can at least pay for this myself. Yeah. So, yeah. So we got that done. Going through having a baby, I think, was just like, okay, I, I don't want another one. You know, like not now. This is it's too soon. So that's that's the reason why we had an abortion then. Do you remember what the process was like? 
Yeah, yeah. We were waiting in a waiting room or, or, you know, like it was in Santa Monica and it was just like, you know, just like very a medical waiting room. And I had no idea it was going to take place at this site. You know, I thought we were just checking in and and then, yeah, they called me up and they were like, okay, it's time. And I was like nervous. Like my heart was racing. I was like, oh my gosh, got in the gown. You know, they put my clothes wherever in a locker and, you know, I just sat in a chair legs already in stirrups. My heart was being so fast because they hooked me up to a heart monitor. And they put the anesthesia and they were just like, okay, you're going to feel like a wave going over your chest. And then you're going to go down, you go out, you know, and they were like, we're going to count from five, five, four, three, two, one. Don't remember getting to one. And then just waking up and like in a bed and they were like, okay, are you ready? Are you awake? Okay, here are your clothes. And then I exited out like some door Chris was waiting for me right there, and we went and got California vegan after that. <laughs> and then I got a phone call. The Smith Martian's done. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wore black that day, <laughs> but you know, special occasion. Oh, <laughs> I wore black that day. I was like, oh yeah, this is definitely this is definitely somebody's uh, day to die. So you know, shut I, up. Um, You're so sorry. Dumb. I know that was so terrible. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> And then I'm like cracking up at it. Oh my Both gosh, you girls, you're horrible. I know, I know, I know. Like I know. I know. It's like really, ter- it's really terrible. Like my my, there was like no sanctity for life at that point in my life. So I, yeah, it was. So that was that, and it was. It, I don't. I wouldn't consider it. It wasn't like traumatizing or anything. You know, I. It was just like. Was he you know, supportive through everything? Super. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think we just both knew, you know, we were both young, we both didn't have jobs. He had ambitions. I had ambitions. And this would have just, you know, like, I made it impossible or made it super incredibly difficult. Yeah, that was that, you know, we were just like, all right. And then after that, you know, things kind of got rocky and we just kind of moved on from each other from there. One of my favorite stories about um, you and him is, you know, you guys, of course, were rocky and like on and off. And I was also on and off with the guy I was dating at the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you just like called me in the middle of the night and you're like, hey, where are you? And I was like, uh, like reluctant to tell you because I was with the guy I was not supposed to be with. (laughs) Right, right. And you're like, okay, I'm. I'm like right down the street, like his car ran out of gas. And I was like, what are you doing with him? And you're like, what are you doing with him? And it's like, <laughs> I'm on my way. The questions are done. Oh, <laughs> they're mine. Totally None of that is the point that. right now. Yeah, yeah. Neither here nor there. Come get me. I need help. Yeah. Totally. SOS. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're both making some mistakes here right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the fuck up is super real right now. That's, that's all that's that's all that needs to be said come get me I need gas but yeah yeah those were good times those were really good times because we were both super unstable you know like it was just fun being unstable with somebody you're like oh my gosh that was great um so yeah so then after that it was you know still free single dating doing your thing you had a good couple year run right and then um your sister was living in Vegas, and mm-hmm. me and one of our other girlfriends were saying, like, hey, we should move to Vegas, too. We're young. You know, your daughter was getting a little bit older, and we're like, let's just all live together. Like, we could totally right. do this. And that was the plan until... 
until <laughs> I got pregnant with baby number two. <laughs> and that was that was something that I just really wasn't expecting because I had already been so irregular with my period that um, that I just thought, oh, whatever, you know, it's just wait. I am on this new birth control, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's what, right? what kind of birth like, control oh, are you on? I remember taking pictures one time with you and Hans. <laughs> I don't know. You can totally look that up if you want. But I was like totally admiring. My tits were so big. Oh, my gosh. I was like, what? I, oh yeah, you were birth just like, control. exactly. You were just showing them off. Like, look at how great my tits look on this new birth yeah. control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Birth control. Those were totally, those were milk. Those are milk boobies. <laughs> I was like super pregnant when I found out too. I was like four months pregnant. Oh my gosh. We felt like when I found out I was pregnant, I found out the gender. That's how far along I was. I was already like 20 weeks. So, you know, that was a whole situation itself because even in my, like my family dynamic, my parents and I were just starting to get along. Everything was going good. And then this happened and that was going to put a damper on everything, you know? And so... My sister urged me to get like a mid trimester abortion, and I was like, "Oh!" I looked into it. You know, I just looked into it because I was like, "What? You know, what is this about? What? what what's going to happen?" And it was just super involved, and I was like, "Girl, like, I don't know if I could do this. This is a lot." And so I just decided to go through with it. So, um, like, mm-hmm. so I remember immediately when you found out, right? Like not knowing how, well, first you called me and I guess your pregnancy test said it was negative. So you called right. me like pregnant and my heart dropped. I was like, all our plans are over. <laughs> and then you start cracking up and you're like, I'm just kidding. And I was like, how dare you do that to me? You called me at work. I'm working. And you said this to me. I'm on yeah. the sales floor. And then you're like, no, it was just a joke. And then a couple weeks later, you're like, no, wait, I actually am pregnant. Like, I just took yeah. another test. So you didn't know yet how far along you were. And you were. I did me- not know. And mm-hmm. this is like, you know, in between boyfriends. So you're just like, um, I don't think I want to be a single mom. Like, again, like to two kids. Right. So I'm not going to keep it. And I was just like, okay. And then you found out how far along you were, and that's when things changed. Can you tell us a little bit about what they explained to you, the second trimester abortions are like? So um, when I read, first of all, they don't even do those in Los Angeles. At the time, they didn't do them in Los Angeles. So I would have had to go to Las Vegas where my sister lives, and they do that there. What it is, is I think it's considered a DNC. So like, it's like a three-day ordeal it's like a three-day procedure go in you like don a hospital gown and then they give you some sort of you know they give you a drug that pretty much aborts the fetus and then you have to like give birth to it and I was like I don't know if I could do that you know it's a three-day procedure and there's risks that come with it and I it was just like oh I don't know if I could do that you know it was just already so far along I just already found out the gender and typically these procedures happen when you find out like there's no way this baby is going to live outside of your womb you know whereas that was not the situation for me it was really just like I made poor choices and then this happened you know it's good for some women who need it but it just wasn't you know I just couldn't do that that was just so involved it was like 
okay, we're going to put you to sleep, general anesthesia, you're going to be, you know, out in an hour, cool, but like that, three days, I don't know, you know, if I, I don't know how badly I wanted to be in a hospital for three, three days. Yeah, especially because, I mean, you had already gone through one pregnancy, and you know, like, what stage the baby is, you know, it's like a fully formed, miniature Little human. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. it's halfway it's not, there. It's not just like yeah. cells anymore like it was with Chris. It's like a totally different thing. Right. It's like a total, yeah. It's like a thing with a gender, you know? It's like, oh, yeah, you're like you're, you know, you're four months pregnant. You're, I don't know, I was like 18 weeks or 20 weeks or something. And they're like, and you're having a girl. Like, oh my gosh, no way. There's like, oh, okay. This is, I'm already kind of invested in this. I'm way too far, mm-hmm. too far deep. Yeah. So that was yeah. a crazy, crazy time. That was a crazy part of my life. Yes, definitely a crazy, crazy part of my life. And you were just like, I'm going to be alone with these two kids. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I I vowed to be a cat lady. I'm like, no, I'm going to have these kids. I'm going to get a bunch of cats. This is it. This is my life now. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got married. Yes, yes. So, you know, the dad of my baby, my second child. So he was very casual fling and I had told him like, Hey, you know, this is what's happening. I'm not going to terminate, you know, whatever. And being the good guy that he is, he was like, okay, well, like, you know, why don't we try to at least be together, you know, like try to co-parent together. And I was like, okay, yeah, let's do that. And then, you know, whatever the rest is history. We fell in love. And then, yeah, like, you know, when in 2012 or 13, in 2013, we got married. And then in 2015, I was like, guess what, Brie? I'm having a baby. And you're like, I'm having a baby too then. And then you got yeah, pregnant got- right after. Exactly. exactly. Oh I'm like, well, shoot. If she's doing it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So late 2015, I found out I was pregnant. Yeah, we will. We moved to Sacramento. Yeah, we moved to Sacramento. And then we pl- we planned on it. Like I told him, you know, I think it's time that we have another baby. You know, I just I'm just like feeling it. I just really want to have try for a boy. And so we came here to Sacramento. Boom, bam. We got pregnant. And then do you want to talk about your guys' situation with um, Amelie? Yeah. Okay. So we had, I found out I had a boy. Everything was wonderful. Oh my gosh. We had three kids and it was, and it's similar to his upbringing. So he is also the only boy with two older sisters, right? They're, they're much older. And that's kind of what the situation was with Archer. So his older sister, you know, his eldest sister is like 10 years older than him. And his, his other sister is like four years older than him or something like that. And so everything was perfect. Oh my gosh. I had my boy. It was just wonderful. And then he was 10 months old. He wasn't even one years old yet. And, you know, I just had this like fleeting suspicion. I'm like, you know, I haven't had my period. And at that time, <laughs> the fertilest girl in the world. Wow, Brie. <laughs> I know. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like deep, I'm like knees deep in breastfeeding. And I'm like, okay, you know, my hormones are going to, you know, it's, and, and it's not like we weren't, I mean, you know, obviously we were just doing the pull out method. There was like zero method. Right. And, um, <laughs> But typically, like from what we have been doing, because we did that between Archer and Ayana, right? So it was it, it was really just family planning. Okay, this time of the month, I'm super fertile. Let's be careful, you know. And you or just abstain. Th- that whole time and you we weren't just, on birth control at all, right? So the whole time I was 
I, after I had Archer, I was not on birth control. And the whole time between Ayana and Archer, I was not on birth control. Mostly because, I don't know, I just didn't react well to it. It was just something that I just, it's like, I'm just going to try this instead. So, and, and, it, and it worked. Um, Wait, let me ask you a quick question about birth control. Yeah. So I know you said right before you found out you were pregnant with Ayana, you had just started a new birth control, but they didn't give right. you a pregnancy test before they gave you the birth control? They did not. I had been taking it for a while at that point. At that point, I've been like, you know, it, I mean, it was new to me because it, I forgot what the, what the birth control I was taking prior to low estrogen. I was taking low estrogen before I had Ayana. Mm-hmm. And I had already been on it for like six months before I got pregnant with her. So then you were, so, I mean, so then mm-hmm. you were switching, but you still had, wait, I don't Correct. Care. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I had switched from that birth control. I don't. I forgot what that birth control was called, but I switched to low estrogen because that other birth control made me incredibly lethargic to where it was like starting to get in the way of working. Uh huh. How did you just switch like without going to the doctor to get? Like- no, I did. I went to the doctor and I was like, "Hey, I really don't like this birth control. This birth control is like I have really not negative side effects." Okay. And they were like, "Okay, well, why don't you try this one?" I was like, "Cool, yeah, I'll try that one." And that one worked out really, really well. Okay. Did it? Mm-hmm. Did it work out really, really well? Because you were pregnant? It was. <laughs> it was. From what I thought. From what I thought. They were like, oh, that's just a hormone. And, you know, like, here is this lower hormone. Oh when, like, when in, in reality, I needed all the hormones. So, like, you know, yeah, like, scaling the hormones back kind of hit me in the ass. Because it's like, you know, I'm like, no, girl, you need all the hormones. You're super fertile. So... <laughs> Okay. I, yeah, so that so that was that. And, and so between Ayana and Archer, I, I used none. Like I tried a few things, but for years we were like, okay, this is it. I don't want to, you know, we'll, we'll just try being careful. And then we moved here to Sacramento and then we actually tried to have a baby, was successful within the first month. And then, so he's 10 months and then we were doing the same thing and it, it worked for 10 months. We were just, we were fine. But I think it was like... <laughs> It was like the New Year's thing because my because Archer was with my mom in Los Angeles and I had come back to Sacramento just myself and then I think we just went a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we went a little bit nuts. You're like and... no kids. My eldest is with her dad. My other two kids yeah, are with ex- my mom. Exactly, exactly. So we went we went a little banana nut cakes and, and that and then boom right like come January or you know. February, maybe I think late January, I was like, okay, this is weird. I'm late. I don't know if it's because I'm stressed, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I bought a pregnancy test just, I don't even know. I forgot like Dollar Tree or something. Cause I was like, you yeah, just in case it's good to have them, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I bought a pregnancy test and then it came out positive and oh my gosh, girl, we were like, oh, like, oh my God, what do we do? What do we do? What did you do? We were like, <laughs> what did we were you so... Do? yeah yeah I was just like what did you do why what how how did this happen and he was like I don't know like we knew it was like not having any of the kids and we were just like oh my god dude how could we be so freaking irresponsible and I was like happy happy scared and he was just like scared scared yeah because (laughs) because we had already been like super struggling just moving out here me living on my own for the first time in my entire life and just not knowing what it was like to be like super, super broke. And then not to mention, I already told him, I was like, okay, it's my turn to stay home. 
like, I'm going to stay home, you work. And he, he was like, okay, cool. You know, but he was just him ha- having just one job. He was like, how are we going to do this? I get it. You want to have another baby? Cause I did. This was my goal was to have one more baby. This was, this is how it worked out. I was like, I want to have one more baby. I want them to be 18 months apart. Right. Yeah. And then what I get pregnant, he's 10 months, it'd be 19 months apart. Right. And I was like, what? how how like this baby wants to be born dude like come on we have to do this and he was like no I like you know how I feel about this this is going to be so difficult you're putting a lot of pressure on me I just don't know how we're going to do this four kids it's a lot yeah we went back and forth with it for a really long time I just found out I was probably four weeks pregnant or something like no like at like nine or something I forgot but it was still early and I had a few weeks to decide it was like a whole thing I mean crying every day, not knowing what to do, feeling scared that he was going to feel some sort of contempt because I, you know, if I go through with it, him being scared that I was going to resent him for the rest of my life, because it was like a big deal. Cause I was like, okay, I'm not like some like 20 year old girl who, okay, I messed up with my boyfriend's kid. I'm going to get an abortion. It was like, no, I'm like 28. I'm married to you. We've been married for a while now. This is something that I want. So it was just really back and forth. We had no idea what we were going to do. And it got to the point where we, one, he made an appointment to get fixed, right? So he, we already, like the day we found out I was pregnant, he went and he made an appointment to get fixed. And then <laughs> he made an appointment for me to go to Planned Parenthood. And so we were going to Planned Parenthood. So he set an appointment and I was like, okay, let's go in. So I, I go in. And they were like, what are you here for? Oh, do you want to do an, like an at-home abortion? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Not knowing, I don't know. I, mean, I didn't realize that like they're like super efficient because they were like, oh, yeah, okay, here. And I'm like, oh, whoa, we're going to do this right now? And he was, she was like, yeah, you just take a pill here and then you take a pill at home and then that, that's it, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I, you know, I had no idea. Joel and Archer were waiting in the, in the waiting room, you know? And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I don't know if I could do this. Like, I don't, like, I'm sweating. My heart's racing. My voice is cracking. I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. She was like, okay, well, you are at, like, the last week before you have to go in and get a procedure. And I was like, okay. And he, she's like, so if you do change your mind this week, come, come in right away. And you could take the pill and have it at home. Or you have to make an appointment. I was like, okay, that's fine. And so I go out. Joel's just looking at me and I was like, I can't do it. Like, I can't do it. I, I know that you don't want to to have this baby right now, but th- this is what I want to do. You know, I know you're hesitant. It's not that he didn't want to, like, obviously he did, but it was like, our funds just wouldn't allow it. And I was like, it'll work out. It just always does. It always works out that way. And it ended up working out. And October, nine months later, we had our baby girl, another baby girl. Hmm. It was a lot of back and forth for a really long time. And it was a lot of pressure on the both of us. It was a lot of pressure on Joel. As a provider, he's like, how am I supposed to make sure that everybody's fed? And I felt for him. I did. I felt for him. But it was just like, you know, I just really feel like this was meant to be. I, I, this is what I wanted. I wanted them to be this close together. I don't know why. But <laughs> this is what I wanted. And all of a sudden it happens. Out of like the blue, out of nowhere, it's like, okay, let's do this. And so we did. And that was that. Do you feel like when you decided, I'm not going to do it, that he supported you right away? Or was he still like, come on, Brie? 
we can't do it. Did it take a while for him to come around? No, I think he really supported me right away just because we were already there and I have was like already like, okay, let's do this. For a lot of things, if he's very passionate about something and he, you know, he really fights for it, I usually relent and I'm like, okay, this really means a lot to him. So for me to not do that, for me to like not give in to him and to tell him like, if you don't want to do this, I completely understand. I'm going to find a way to do this myself. Even if that means I have to move back to L.A., I have to uproot my children and move back to L.A., I'll do that. But this is what I want to do. He was like, okay, this must mean a lot to her. So I'm going to support her. And he was just like, all right, I guess we're just having four kids then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess they are. That day I was like, what are we going to name her? What are we going to name him? And he was, you know, he was like, okay, let's think about names. We have two and A. He was like being supportive. I mean, obviously he was like still a little bit hesitant and reluctant, but he didn't really show it to me. I think because I was just so like adamant about like, no, we're going to have this baby. But after a while, he got really excited. He was like excited because everybody's like, oh my gosh, we're going to have four kids. You're freaking crazy. You're like a jungle guy. And I was like, <laughs> I know. He's like, you guys have a tribe. What are you trying to do? Start a basketball team, blah, blah, blah. I think he just liked that. He was like, yeah, I guess that's true. Like we do have a lot of kids, but you know, he just loves it. He loves it now. That's, he's definitely come around to the idea. I remember you were so nervous to tell your mom you were pregnant with your fourth. You're like, oh. what are they going to say? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I what was did so she nervous. say? She, oh, I didn't even tell her. I made a lesson tell her. <laughs> it was, I was so freaking scared. Oh, my God. But I think they came. When did they come? I think they came. It was, oh, no, it was right before he turned one. Um, it, he, they came to visit and I was like, like just so nervous, sweating, literally sweating. And I was like, okay, let's what this is what we're going to do. Like, you're going to tell mama that I'm pregnant and whatever. I'm, I don't want to do it. And she was like, why are you making me do it? Like, I don't want to do it. Like, I'm scared to be honest. I'm scared. And she was like, fine. And so she told my mom and my mom took a minute to like, take it in because like I said she's very traditional so she's like she can't be like oh god no you know so she's like let me try to don my happy face you know like, let me hold on okay so it was right before dinner and then we sat down and I and I'm like looking at her like trying to gauge her reaction like oh gosh I don't know what, like what to expect because she's like you can't read her her face so we're like sitting down and she was like, so, babe, she's talking to her, my dad. She's like, so, babe, um, I just found out that we have really good news and we're going to have another grandbaby. Bree's pregnant. And my dad's like, oh, my gosh, you are. Yes. Like, my dad's like so excited. You know, he's like he's always wanted to have a lot of grandkids. And he, out of all his siblings, has the most grandkids. Right. So he's like really excited about that. And they're all from you because your sister only has one kid. <laughs> my cousins are about they're close to my age and so they're like well I already had four and so they're waiting you know and so he's he's super excited my mom she's she is excited but she's also worried like how are we gonna do this how are you supposed to do this you guys are already struggling yeah no they were really excited my mom was like excited but she was like oh my gosh that's you guys, that's enough. Like, that's <laughs> what, like, what do we do? I don't know. I don't know what you're supposed to do, but just stop having babies. <laughs> they were excited. They were excited. That's good. 
Yeah. So would you say you have any regrets today? Uh, there are days where I'm glad I have four kids and there are definitely days where I'm like, damn, what did I do? Like, this is a lot to handle. Um, but no, I don't think I, I don't think I regret my decision. I think it was a good decision because she was, she's just like a good addition to the team. You know, she's, she's got her own personality that's, and it just balances out because, like, Archer, he just kind of – he needed to be humbled a little bit. I mean, he, you know, for a while he was the only boy. He's the baby. Yeah. You know, he get, he gets everything that he wants. And she just kind of balances him out. What about with the um, one the abortion that you did go through with? Do you have any regrets about that one? Like, what if? Or do you feel like, no, that's what needed to be done? Do you ever question things? Never. Never, no. That's good. No, I never – yeah, I never question it just because it just needed to happen. It just really needed to happen. I think that I knew that if I did go through with it, I would regret it. And there's just like, that's the last thing I want to do is regret having a kid, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I definitely needed to do that. Good. Because I know like some people, they have an abortion and afterwards are just like, what they have live I done? with the guilt of it. Uh-huh. Totally, totally. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I definitely didn't have any reservations towards it. I was really happy after I had it. I thought I'd be sad or, you know, I thought I'd be, I feel guilty, but I, I definitely did not. I just, I was really, really happy that that happened just because I just got to exercise my right to have control of my body and which I didn't the first time around. I would have totally regretted having that baby for sure. Plus, I mean, you just had Alessa too. Like she was so, so yeah. small. She was so little still, and I was I was really content having one baby, and that's kind of probably why I like went on like a what is the word? I was like very fervent about using birth control because I was like, oh my god, I don't want this to happen again. It was like so scary. Yeah, but even then, like with Alessa, you had so much help, and if you had two kids, are you still gonna have that same help, or is your mom gonna be like, no, you're on your own now? Yeah, I think that would have been the last straw for her because she's like, you just got, you just got a divorce. How could you, because she was already like, how could you have a boyfriend? You just got a divorce. How could you? And like, not to mention like our divorce was like, not the best. He was very in love and I was very not in love and it was sad. People got hurt. So he, she, she, people got hurt at their breaking hearts. (laughs) People got hurt. Life got messed up. For sure. Yeah, no, she would have been like, you're just kind of being a hoe, girl. What are you doing? Like, how are you having, like, how do you have two baby daddies by the time you're 19, girl? What's going on? I definitely think that that played a lot of part in it, too, because, like, she was already out with some, you know? She's like, how do I have a kid that, like, had a baby at 18, you know, divorced by 19, has another baby at 19, you know? Like, no, there's just no way. And, and I was the same way. I'm like, no, what am I doing? Like, there's no way I could do this. Working, like, minimum wage retail jobs. I'm working at a bowling alley. You're you know? feeling there's a no little reckless, huh? <laughs> right, yeah. I was like, no, I cannot do this. So, yeah. no, definitely that worked out really, really well. Well, it sounds like you made the responsible choices that needed to be made at the moment. And Right. Yeah, I agree. I do. Yeah, and you were faced with it in so many different situations. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There were definitely choices that I had to make in life um, that were super difficult for anybody at any age to make. Definitely things that I live with and there are things that I deal with. But for the most part, I think that that having four kids at the end was like it was it was a good idea. 
it was a good idea. It's definitely trying. It's definitely trying. But yeah, it was a at the end at the end of the day, it was a pretty good idea. So, do you have any words of advice for any woman that could possibly be in your shoes that you were when you were first dealt this challenge of your life? What would you say to them? Obviously, you have to weigh out your options. If you are not in a financial situation where you can support one life, your life, two lives, three lives, you have to really, really think about that choice, about that option. Because even as a, like having four kids, I had to weigh out that option. Like, how am I going to support three kids already? Because I owe these kids already. I get I'm pregnant, but like, I owe these kids. I've already built a relationship with these kids. And same with the first one. I owe Alessa to give her a good life right now. You know, I owe it to her to give her a good life. She just got her life started. And here we are. Here I am. Am I going to turn her life upside down? Or, you know, even if I didn't have Alessa, Am I going to not ruin my life, but am I going to stifle opportunities? Am I going to, you know, yes, you are. You know, the answer is yes, you are. And it's going to be difficult. It's a difficult choice to make. It's not easy. If, that's, if there's anything that I could tell girls or women who are facing this, it is not an easy choice. It is not an easy option. You're going you're gonna to be able to live with it. You'll be, you'll be able to live with it, especially because you just see how your life improves. When I got my first abortion, I just thought, okay, go to school. I could get jobs. I could just kind of rest rest assured that I could support Alessa the way I need to support her, the way she needs to be loved right now. Just weigh out your options. Finances, really, really think about finances. A lot of people are, they always think about, they're very emotionally led. Really, you just gotta, you gotta think about it. Like, can I support this kid financially? Because they're a burden. I mean, she, to be perfectly honest, they are a freaking burden, but at least they're cute. <laughs> at least they're cute and smart and funny. Yeah, yeah, and also, you know, like, are you done living? I wasn't really done. I wasn't really done living my life how I wanted to live. I wanted to be reckless, you know. I wanted to be. I and, and I took that into consideration. Like, am I done? Am I done being reckless? No, I'm not done being reckless. Yeah, so, you, you still um, had a few more good years than you. <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I had, I mean, there were just t- too many boys, you know, it was just too many. So I'm like, no, I can't. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and go through with this one. But yeah, yeah um, that's really it. Really, it's just like, you know, can, are you financially, emotionally responsible for a life? If you do think so, if you think it can work out, you know, or do you have somebody to support you? Then yeah, totally go for it. But if, if those three boxes aren't checked, there's just no balance. And I would say go through with it. Exercise your right to control your situation, to control your body, because not everybody has that. That was pretty detailed, and you gave us a lot. You gave us a lot. We yeah. can't wait to have you on about some other topics we have in mind for you. So, Oh, my gosh. I am really, really excited. Yeah. I am really excited. If there's having – I have, you know, pretty good foresight on a, a lot of different things. Definitely I, I have a lot to learn as well, but I'm excited to yeah. be able to share with you and the mommy community. Yes, with, you know, thank whatever you situation so much you for yeah, coming on. Like, the biggest thing yes, that girl. I have been – I always talk to you about wanting to podcast about how you have such a successful co-parenting relationship with your ex-husband and his new wife. Yes. Oh, yes. I I love talking. I could talk about that endlessly. Yes. We need something a, a up. whole episode about just that because I think yeah. a lot of families need to learn how to be blended families 
Mm-hmm. Especially nowadays. Yes. Like, I mean, a divorce rate, separation exactly. rate, co-parenting rate is, is through the roof. It's inevitable. Which, you got to you gotta yeah. get along, people. So yeah. stay tuned, guys. You're going to hear Brian again. Because she is ahead of the game. <laughs> Thank you so oh. much, Bri, for sharing everything. Absolutely, girl. Thank you, ladies. I yes, appreciate you. Yes, yes. We'll talk to you soon. I'll call you soon, okay? Okay. All right. Bye. Okay, I love you. Bye, Bye. Bye, Vanessa. Bye. Love you. Bye. All right, guys. So we have a, another guest for you, which we're really... I mean, we're really excited to tell the story to you. Yes, I mean, really glad to let you guys hear it. Yeah, not excited. Excited is not the right word, but this is another case where a decision of abortion had to be made. And the sentiment of this one is just it's you guys got to hear it. So, yeah. So welcome one of our moody mommies, um, where she's going to remain anonymous for this one, because this is. I mean, it's a tough one. It is. So, what can we call you? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you can just call me TT. Okay. okay. All right, yeah. TT. So, let's start from the beginning. Okay, so going back, back to, like, my childhood, I was raised in a Christian family. And my parents never really pushed, like, saying abortion's bad, abortion's good, abortion's this. They never really put any of their, what they feel felt should be on me or any of the kids in the family. But growing up in church, you hear it that, you know, you shouldn't do this, this, you know, God gave you this child, you shouldn't have any rights in making that decision, you should let, I, I mean, I hear it even to this day, you know, like, oh, you know, God gave you that child, God should take that child away. And so growing up, not really knowing anything about it I used to just think that abortion was that it was just something that women did just because they didn't want their kids Mm -hmm. that was just my perceptive as a really young child until I be probably I would say about 13 I started to that's really young to even like I don't even think I knew anything about abortions at that age Oh, I, yeah, just I think because, you know, the church that we went to, the pastor would talk about stuff like that. Okay. And me being a curious child, I would question my mom on tons of things. Well, what's that? And how come? And my mom was like, oh, my God, here she goes again. <laughs> like She's not going to stop until she gets every answer that she wants. Yeah, we have those so, daughters, um, too. I had a friend that had wound up getting pregnant, and it was actually through, like, a rape type oh. issue. Yeah. Oh well, how and old was she? I was, I'm sorry? How old was she? She was 12. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. And she, she fell pregnant and she came to me and she told me first and I helped her through that and we went to her family and they, you know, she decided and her family, they decided that, that they wanted to go ahead with the abortion because of the situation. That's where I think my eyes were opened up to the differences of situations and circumstances of abortion. And, you know, I didn't cast any judgment um, knowing that I was raised in a Christian home. And even though I heard pastors saying this is wrong, this is wrong, you know, regardless or whatever. And it just opened my mind to to like other things now keeping in mind I never thought in a million years that that 
that I would be placed in a situation thinking, I thought, would I do something like that? I don't know, you know, but I never said a yes or a no. I just thought I was untouchable and nothing would ever happen that I would have to make a decision like that. Until um, we found out with, which was at the time would have been our second son. The first time you were pregnant, did you, was it, did you have a miscarriage or did you? My through? very first pregnancy was a tubal pregnancy. And mm. I, yeah, I had, I guess I went a lot further than most women do with that. But then at the same time, they discovered I had a cancerous tumor that was in front of the baby in my tube. And one day I bent over and I heard a huge loud pop and I couldn't come oh, back up. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. So I was 21 years old when that first happened. And I do, I was unaware that I was actually pregnant wow. until I wound up in the hospital and they were like, Oh yeah, you were pregnant and um, everything had burst and you've just lost everything <gasps> on one side. And I was like, Oh, okay. You know, and, it was a very tragic experience. Did you have to go through a cancer treatment and everything after that? Uh, not for that because for that one, they said that everything when, when it happened, because I had to go in for a surgery, I didn't just get like a DNC. They had to open me up to do like exploratory surgery because I had blood filling up into my system. Wow. And it was going on for a couple of days, I guess, and I was unaware of it. Yeah. They said that I was clear of those situations and I didn't have nothing to worry about. They put me on like a type of an estrogen. At 21 years old, they put me on hormone replacement therapy mm. because they said it was going to cause a lot of like issues and stuff. I was just super careful from that point on to make sure that... I wasn't going to wind up pregnant before I knew that I was like seriously ready. And I had some family relatives tell me, oh, you're so lucky God made that decision for you and not oh. you. And I thought, you know, I don't look at it as being lucky and that right. God made that decision for me. I just feel that it wasn't meant to be at that time in my life. Like it just, it wasn't, it wasn't all the cards were against it at that point, but it taught me a lot. You know, it made me, just be a lot more aware of myself, my body. I, I was very in tune with myself after that. Like I got checked out every three months and I made sure that I was really careful. I couldn't take certain birth controls, you know, stuff like that. But through that, I actually met my now husband. So oh, okay. he, uh, me and him were dating at that time. And uh, the guy that the baby belonged to left me in the hospital and never came to visit me after I told him what was happening. What? And he's, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. He's, he, he told me in the end that he was scared, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not scared at all. My life's not, you know, Seriously? on the rim here. And, wow. you know, so my husband now, he we were just barely started dating, and, I mean, he saw it all. He changed me. He saw me naked, mm. you know. And he was like, I'm here for you. Don't worry. And we've been together ever since. And that's all. We're going on 20 years. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a good man. He's a good guy. We have a great relationship. So we knew that we were going to tackle anything that we could come along. And when um, 
I would say this was 2010, I started LVN school because it was something that I had worked for my whole life. I was like, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go through it. I was in school for two months and found out that I had ovarian cancer. Oh, my gosh. Pre- precursor, because like I said, I would go every three months to get checked out. So luckily for me, as often as I went and I had RBCA tests done that could show if I got, you know, if I was a high risk for the cancer because it ran in my family, they found the precursor of it. And they're like, look, we're just going to give you an oral that you have to take every single day, five times a day. You don't have to come in and do it through IV because it's precursor cancer. So I went through that while I was actually going through LVN. And I wasn't going to let it stop me. And, wow. you know, I became top of my class and That's made it through. Yeah. yeah. I, I was just determined. You know, I was yeah. like, nothing's going to stop me Good. from, you know, going where I wanted to go with this. So when I was all clear, you know, I had all my checkups and everything. And the doctors had said, look, you know, you obviously you have to wait a year to a year and a half now that you're done with, you know, all of your treatment and stuff but if you want to have kids you really might want to look at starting this like soon I at this point now am 31 years old because I thought I'm going to go to school I'm going to get my education I'm going to make good money I'm going to get my house I'm going to do all these things and then I get hit with this and it felt like you know my world was going to fall apart (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, I want to have kids, you know, and I, how many do we want to have? And it's just you get bombarded with all these things in your head. Like, well, is it going to work out like that? Is it going to happen? So, you know, we waited the, a lot of the time and uh, we started trying. And the doctors were like, you know, it's going to take you a while. That's why we're telling you, you know, you have about a year. It's probably going to take you a couple of years because of what you've been through. Sometimes I think doctors don't know what they're talking about because it happened within two months. Oh, wow. So we were like, oh, wow, you know, it's, it's meant to be. And, um, but I, that one particular pregnancy fell in miscarriage at like 10 weeks, I think it was. Was it to start bleeding at home or how did you know that your body was starting to miscarry? Uh, the cramps became pretty severe for me. And I feel like everything growing up, because from that time that I had, I had really bad menstrual cycles from the time that I started. Like I had to go on birth control back when I was 12 just to regulate mine. Cause I had it every day all the time. Wow. So I think just knowing myself and then going through what I went through with the eptopic and I just kind of feel like I was really in tuned with my body and, uh, I felt like, and I'm that kind of person that, Hey, if I think something's wrong, I'm not going to just sit back and just like, no, I'm okay. I'm fine. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to the doctor, the hospital, whatever. And um, I went right in and they were like, yeah, you're, there's, it's showing no heartbeat and you're bleeding kind of profusely for something that if you're at this point and it was true, we wound up miscarrying completely by the very next day. We were devastated, but we felt super strong in our relationship that, it was going to happen for us. And so we just, you know, we prayed about it and 
we we had the mindset of if it's gonna happen it's gonna happen if it's not it's not and then um we let my body have time to to recover and stuff and then we tried again and a month later we were pregnant again so and that is our now seven-year-old son so mm-hmm. he um came out of nine whopping nine and a half pounds for my first baby so. <laughs> champ <laughs> yeah he made up for everything that was lost before is what I, we say you know? wow <laughs> and during that and during that pregnancy did you have any issues at all or was everything pretty smooth no i had issues the entire nine months i had hyperemesis which is where you just throw up the entire time oh, all day no. long all night long <laughs> so yeah and then I you know I honestly did not know there was that side of pregnancy I really I didn't I thought holy cow if someone would have told me that this is what it was like (laughs) because the possibility that I was like I don't know I don't know if I want to do this because it was just it's horrible I mean I was in bed pretty much the whole nine months I was hospitalized three different times just to have you know fluids put back into my body and it was just it was really bad and then I had a a heart issue that happened right around my six month of pregnancy where they had me hooked up to things and I I mean every time something happened the the ER hospital would get it and they'd call me and be like hey you got to come in and get this test done because your heart rate just jumped for like an entire two minutes and then it stopped for like this many seconds and it was horrible. It was just, it was not a fun first time, like, experience. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I didn't have any joyous anything in that pregnancy whatsoever. I'm surprised you got but pregnant again. I, I would have been like, mm, tough. I no, know. And, <laughs> right? Let's and adopt. I had those nurses, <laughs> yeah, nurses asked me that. They're like, so do you think you'll do this again? I'm like, maybe. They're like, wow. trooper with justine yeah with justine i had a pretty smooth pregnancy but i was still like i don't know i doubt i'm doing this again my labor was horrible and here i am (laughs) yeah my labor was 38 hours and four hours of pushing with an episiotomy and they still cut him out and pulled him out oh yeah it was horrible it was horrible i every person I ever meet I'm like don't go where I went because the people there just they were I don't feel like they knew what they were doing and it was just it was horrible I mean my nurse we called her nurse ratchet oh my gosh she like did things to me when people weren't around and was yelling at me and I'm just like I was horrified like after having him I'm like I really don't think I want to do this again yeah (laughs) because you're thinking that this is what it's like you know and then other people were telling me no oh my god no it's not like that you should have been done differently or taken care of and so man again you know a life experience that put a fire under my butt and said well hell I'm gonna make sure this doesn't happen again I'm gonna research I'm gonna find me a doctor that's good I'm gonna go see him I mean I was just like full force this ain't happening again if I'm having a kid I'm gonna have great hospital I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that you know and it was a good thing because I found an amazing doctor and um that is when I got pregnant with our angel son Easton and he was super great you know just the best bedside manners possibly ever 
And uh, so, I mean, I was really happy. And I was actually, he was on top of it so well because I was repeating history with my first son, the same hyperemesis, heart issues, everything. But he was on top of it to where he had medication for me and he had home health coming to my house and they had, you know, regimens to show me what to do and what, what to eat, what not to do, how to handle. And it was, it was a better pregnancy because of that. And, um, but coming to when we found out that he had some anomalies was at our, I think it was our 12 week scan that we went to. And I had also done the, um, the first trimester blood screen. Mm -hmm. And, um, the thing was, is that I guess the results had came in, but they were sent to the wrong doctor from the lab. And I was supposed to have been notified before going to this ultrasound. Uh And when we went to the ultrasound, me and my husband knew that the ultrasound tech, like the way that she was, she was real chatty, chitty, chatty with us, talking to us, real happy, you know, well, what do you think this one's going to be? And I'm like, well, he really wants a girl, but I have this really, you know, gut feeling it's another boy. And um, she's like, okay, well, well, you know, if I can tell, then we'll let you know. And she just got really quiet and she just kept moving the wand all over my stomach, trying to look for things and stuff. And she's like, okay, I'll be right back. And I remember looking at my husband going, I don't know. I, something's not right. She's, I feel like she's, you know, not telling us something and stuff. And she was gone out of the room for 25 minutes while we were in there. So I told my husband, I said, can you please find out what's going on? I mean, she just left the room, didn't say anything. So he goes out there and she comes back in and she's like, Hey, do you guys remember getting a blood test done? And I told her, yeah, why? And she's like, well, I just need to call your doctor's office to get the results for it. And then um, I said, okay. And so she's like, oh, just hold tight. We'll be, I'll be right back. And we're in there for another 15 more minutes. And I'm like, what's going on? You know, like, oh my God, it's almost 40 minutes that we're in here. And I'm, you know, laying on a table and I have nothing on me from the bottom down. Yeah. So I'm like, can I put my clothes back on, you know? Right. And uh, she's like, yeah, go ahead. And then I'm going to have you go into the doctor's office. And I knew, like my, like, my heart fell into my stomach. I knew something wasn't right. And so it was another 30 minutes from that point on. So we're now we're looking at over an hour and she comes in and she says, well, we, um, there was a problem with your blood test results. I guess it got sent to one of the attending doctors over at the hospital instead of to your doctor. And so that's why you didn't get the results. But see, I didn't know because they didn't tell me, oh, hey, keep an ear out that you're going to get this phone call or whatever right. in this amount of time. They yeah. didn't tell me any of that. You always think, okay, no news is good news. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. Then the doctor comes, the doctor that's there at the ultrasound place and then the, the ultrasound tech and they come in and they said, well, um, okay. So your ultrasound is showing that your son has a cystic hygroma, which is, it's kind of like a, mass that grows from the back of their neck where the nuchal fold fold is and the back of their neck up to the top of his head. Oh my gosh. And I didn't know. What what is that? A nuchal fold? It's that that space that's between their base of their brain to this part of their skin. They, they measure that on the ultrasounds and what they're actually looking for 
it's a precursor to detecting any anomalies that the baby could have. It could Down syndrome, T18, T13, anencephaly, which is where the part of the brain's missing. There's a ton of things. So they're like precursors that this blood test look for, and they put them together if their measurements come beyond a certain point. And so she showed us with the pictures that she had printed out, and she's like, look, from here to here, it's, you know, such and such amount when it should be at this point. And he was, the number she gave us, he was at like 23, and it was supposed to be under 11. (sighs) Yeah, so he at, and this was at 12 weeks. So at 12 weeks, he was already at 23, and they said they just don't normally see this number at such a young gestation. So we were like, well, what does this mean? And they said, well, um, your blood test results, we've got to have you do these again because now they're considered inconclusive or something like that. And um, so I went and did it, and then a week goes by, and they call me in, and they said, we have an appointment for you to go to the genetic counseling. And I was like, what the heck's the genetic counseling? I mean, I know what genetics are, and I know what counseling is, but why am I going there? They just kept saying, we're not obligated to give you that information. The doctor just wants you to go to this genetic counseling. And when we got there, I'm still not like worried in the sense that I'm thinking I'm about to get the news that I'm going to get. I'm just thinking this is something that I probably didn't get when I was pregnant with my son. Because like I said, it was a super bad experience, not the best doctors, you know, just not knowing that this could be something I'm supposed to have supposed to have had before. So when we get there, um, they put us in the back of a room and she has like this book of stuff and these papers and everything's highlighted. And she starts saying, your son has a cystic hygroma, which is in concordance of your child having Down syndrome. And I'm like, okay. And then she says, but he's also showing signs of heart issues and a tumor that's growing, but this could disappear, but it's in his stomach. And I'm like, okay, what is, you know, what is the outcome? What is that supposed to mean? And then she starts throwing numbers at me. And I, I personally feel at that time, like the numbers that they say, Oh, you're one in like 400 or you're one in 1700 on this and one in whatever. Well, they're telling me that the chances were a one in four of him, of a lot of these things like going away the further I went into my pregnancy. So I'm thinking I had good results, not bad. Come to find out at the end, those numbers for that specific thing, the lower they are, the worse they are. Oh. So they didn't explain that to me though. So I left their office that day with that information. Hopeful. Thinking, yes, that I'm like, oh, my numbers are good. It's one in four. It's one in 400 or whatever. And that's that's not that bad. And and um, that I was supposed to go and have an amniocentesis done to just because all the other ones are called precursors. This one would give definitive answers because they're actually getting cells from the baby and then cells from the amniotic fluid in my stomach that's when they put the needle in and take out fluid or yes okay yes 
They can actually pull it from like the placenta. They can pull it through a bunch of things, like even the umbilical cord I've heard and other areas. And they only need a little bit in order for it to like confirm certain things that the baby can have. So I went and had it done. And then, cause you know, there's always a chance of like miscarriage and stuff for having those done. It's very, very, very small, but there's still a chance. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, you know, with my history, this has happened, this has happened. And, you know, what if this and what if that? And my husband, he's always the person that grounds me and brings me down. He's like, yeah, but we need to find out if there's something wrong with him, if, you know, we need to be prepared for him when he's here. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So we went and got it done and everything had turned out great. And they got the results back from that in like three days. So I guess it was like a rush mm -hmm. type of thing in the lab. Because I think I was already, I was like 12 weeks, three days when I went to that full first ultrasound. Then they did another one and it was a week for the results from there. Then when they scheduled me to see the counseling, it was five days later. So now I'm looking at over two weeks. I'm close to 15 weeks pregnant by this point. And then... They do another ultrasound, and then they were telling us with the results, with that, everything lined up. Yes, he has Down syndrome. Yes, he has what they call ALHS, and it's basically where the heart has just two chambers instead of the four that we all have. Mm -hmm. That the tumor on his head or the growth on his head has now gotten even bigger so when we were at the 12 week, he was at like 23 something. And now we were up to 29 something. And it was just getting higher and higher and higher. And um, the tumor on his stomach had tripled already. No. Yeah. Basically, they said they gave us our options. They're like, you can continue with the pregnancy, but you're odds of him living because they said the worst thing that he had out of everything was um not just so much the cystic hygroma on his head it was his heart right because now i was going to have to go in for like weekly echoes and that i would have to already get a surgeon set up that he was already going to need surgery immediately to remove the tumors and to fix his heart and to see if there's any brain damage and they just i mean they started flooding me with information and I, at that point, realized that it was super real. And I was like, oh, my God. And my world fell apart. Yeah. And then so it's just between you and your husband, like you guys aren't really sharing this with anyone at the time. My family knew. Okay. And how were they with you? Were they? Do you feel like they were sensitive and supportive? Or? Oh, yeah. My parents, like I said... They never pushed anything on me. Mm -hmm. And they said, we love you. We're here for you. Whatever decision you decide to make, we're going to be here for you. Yeah. And unfortunately, my husband didn't have that support because his sister had experienced something very similar when she got pregnant at 17 and uh, they, her son wound up having some kind of where his intestines were on the outside when he was born. Mm -hmm. And they, she, I think, wanted to make that decision and they wouldn't allow her 
to do that. So he's like, I don't want to tell my family. Okay. And his, and, and his sister, did her baby survive? He lived, he's, he's alive, but he has complications. Okay. And he lived a really long time in the NICU. Uh, multiple surgeries, multiple health issues, and then still had some to go on afterwards. I mean, we're grateful, you know, that he's he's here and stuff, but it's like, that situation's not realistic for everyone, yeah. you, and you, you just don't know those things, and I think that's where, like, my issues come into play, because there have been a few people who have found out, like, the choices that I had made, and ridiculed me for it because I should have let be what be. That's not, I don't think that's fair for them to put that on Yeah, you know, and I said, you know what, and I always come back with that, you know, walk in my shoes one day Mm -hmm. and we'll have this discussion. And if you choose to do that, then, you know, more power to you. But the long, I mean, when I got this news, we didn't just stop there. You go through stages like you do in grief. And you, I went into straight denial, like, this is not happening. This is not true. I'm going to go see another doctor. I'm going to go see a specialist. I mean, we went hours away to go find another specialist and go get another ultrasound. And every time we went back, they would tell us the situations or they would add something else to it. And they would say, well, this has happened to him now. And, well, this is slowing down and looks like he's having complications with now your fluid. And it just, it kept, it kept growing. And... I met one doc- I went back to go see my doctor and he was so kind and he said I'm going to sit here right now and tell you that if I were in your shoes and this was happening to me I'd be making the same decision. Yeah. And he said I pass no judgment on anybody in this life that wants to make that decision for you know to sacrifice for their kid. He was he was awesome. You know, he hugged me and he held me and he said, I'm here. He gave me his number and he said, if you need to talk, you call me. He didn't want me to feel bad. And so I think just from talking to him after seeing these other doctors and these specialists and stuff, it just gave me closure that the decision that we wanted to make was to end the suffering of our child. They told you that he was feeling pain inside or... Well, we went when we went to see the very last specialist. Um, he was he turned the monitor. It was a really big monitor, and it kind of goes over so the mom doesn't have to move or anything. And he said, "I want you to watch his heartbeat, and I want you to watch his mouth." Mm-hmm. And babies' heartbeats they go anywhere between you know the one thirty-five all the way up to the one sixties, depending on how far along you are or you know if you just had chocolate ice cream or whatever i mean they they vary from those uh our son's was was down into the mid 90s Mm. and when we first found out they said that he had a fatal diagnosis that would not probably be able to reach to the full term and at that time when we found that out, I thought then I, I probably will let time take its toll and let be natural or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw that ultrasound and I saw that his mouth was opening as if he was 
in pain for trying to gasp for air almost like you're watching someone take their last breath that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and that every time we went back it was going lower and lower and then to be told that the tumor that had taken over he was probably gonna be brain dead when he was born if he made it that far (sighs) so in my mind I was like okay so his heart's messed up his brain's messed up he has a tumor in his stomach He has Down syndrome, like that's the least of the issues, but you just, you never know the severity of any of those, like what, you know, I, and I say now that even if I was told that it was literally just Down syndrome, I, I used to say, no, I wouldn't, but you know what, I, I don't, I think I probably would because I worked after I graduated, I worked in a facility with that stuff and I saw it every day and I saw these kids just get left there and I thought, oh my God. Unless you've got all this money to be able to take care of your kid, yeah. how who's going to take care of your kid better than you? And I couldn't, I couldn't bear to think that, that if I ever left this world, who's going to take care of my kid with all these issues? Yeah, that's. I mean, I feel like that's a question that like all moms have, like for everything, but especially in a child that's going to have special needs for the rest of their lives. Exactly, and. So we made the decision and I said, nope, I can't, I cannot go home every day knowing that this is, this is the case. I, I will live with the pain for the rest of my life knowing that I gave him peace because he's supposed to be able to be safe in my, in my womb and he's not. Mm-hmm. Do they, do they, do they know if. It, was this just like a genetic thing? Was this because you previously had cancer or like why? Yeah, I asked them all of those questions yeah. and they said, nope, it's just a fluke. Ugh. And then, oh, well, don't forget, you know, you are 35. So you're considered a geriatric mm. patient. So your your eggs are old and... I'm sorry. No, don't be. It's not something you want to hear when you're going through that. And you think, well, yeah, it's my fault, you know. No, but and it, yeah, but you know that it wasn't. No, but at the time, that's like the guilt of all guilt to think when they tell you, you know, they're not directly saying, well, this is your fault, but they'll throw in there. Well, you know, you are, Oh, like you, know, you waited too long, but you're like, uh, you don't freaking yeah. know my life. Like you know everything I've been going through. Yeah. Right. And you know, I'm one of those, uh, firecracker people that point that trigger at me and I can ease, I'm going to easily turn it around and put it right back on you. And I told that girl that I said, you don't know me. You don't know what I've been through. And, and for you to tell me something like that, it's, it's not fair, especially as a professional in the field that you work in. You know, I mean, I I had both ends of that, and I knew both ends of it. And I so we just grabbed our stuff and we left. And I went back to my doctor and I told him, I said, okay, so this is what I want to do. And he said, look, you have these options on how you want to do it. And I said, I I want my son. I I want to spend time with him. You know, he was made and, and wanted in love. Yeah. So he said, 
unfortunately, with today's days, the insurance that you have, if you don't have the best of the best, you get sent to certain places to get these things done. And I got sent to a clinic that was not far from me. And uh, they started the process. And I, first, what they do is, you know, they stop the heart with um, a certain medication. And I went into this clinic, dreading it with every fiber of my body, seeing other girls there. And I had to experience a girl who was sitting two chairs for me telling me while she talked to her boyfriend saying, boo, we can't do this for a fifth time. They ain't going to let us come back for number six. Oh, my God. And, again, I'm not passing judgment, but yeah. to put me in a room and our situation's not being the same, yeah. I got up and I told that nurse, you need to get her the hell out of this room before I kill her. Oh, I don't yeah. need to hear this. Yeah. And it triggered me, and I started crying, and I started screaming, and I couldn't calm down. I was like hyperventilating by this point and they take you in a room and it's just, it's the coldest, most uninviting area you've ever, it's looked like to me, it felt like something straight out of a horror movie. Thank God the doctor was sympathetic to me. They did have to give me something to basically sedate me to calm me down. They put, there's steps that they do. They put strips and they get you going with that kind of stuff and they dilate you a little bit and then for me, the choice that I chose and how far along I was, it turns into a three-day process. And I honestly, honestly feel that as much as I prayed that the Lord intervened for me because I didn't have to go back to that disgusting place day two and day three. I went into labor that night. Oh, wow. And it's apparently unheard of to happen like that i was 22 and a half weeks okay before they take you into those rooms they they make sure before they bring you back they'll do an ultrasound to make sure where like the baby's heartbeat if the, there is a heartbeat like to do unnecessary procedures and whatnot and i was already upset and so the the, the tech that was doing the ultrasound, she was seriously the nicest person I had encountered being in that place. She asked me and she talked to me and she said, you know, you're making the most selfless decision that any you're ever going to make in your entire life and you're doing it for your kid. I think you're a pretty damn amazing mom, if you ask me. And I thanked her and she hugged me and she held me while I cried for like 15 minutes and then she told me, she said, honey, I, I want to let you know that I've seen a lot of things in my years of being here. And I want to tell you, if this eases your mind at all, that your son, his heart is slowing down. Hmm. And what you've told me sounds pretty right on. That this could be causing him a lot of pain. And I think you're making a great decision. And... Uh, if it wasn't for her, I, I don't know if I could have walked through those doors. I mean, it, it was, it was difficult. Like I'm, t I'm saying this so that people understand that I didn't just 
be like, oh, okay, you know what, that's fine. Let's just go do it, walk in, get it done, okay? I, it was a very hard, very hard thing. Very, the struggle was real, man. <laughs> I mean, to have to painful just, process. Yeah, I mean, those, the whole place, the people, it's, those are images that are burned forever. After I walked out, I, they had to give me that medicine. I don't remember what it was, but they wouldn't let my husband come back there. So I had to do it by myself, wow. which devastated me to all ends because he was my, you know, my source of support. And they just, they wouldn't, no matter how bad I got back there and they did wheelchair me to the door and then stopped and said, you have to go from here on. Cause you know, there's picketers outside Oh my God. Wow. and there's protesters and all this stuff. And there weren't, there were twice as much there when we left than there was when we got there. Cause we got there so early and I remember hearing him yelling and screaming and my husband is literally carrying me in his arms to the car because I can't walk. And I get in the car and I just cry all the way home and they gave me, you know, medication or whatever to ease if there was any pain and it was about 3.30 in the morning. I sat up straight out of bed with a cramp in my stomach that felt exactly like the labor pain I had when I went into labor with my son, my first, my firstborn. I don't want to like derail the story, but I mean, I know that your first son obviously knew you were pregnant during this time too. Did you guys have to explain any of this that was going yes. on to him? Yes. He, um, he was only three, three and a half. I was, yeah, just, just under three. I'm sorry. He was he was really young. He was just under three years old. And he knew that my tummy was big. And he knew that he had a baby brother in there. And he kissed my stomach 50 times a day. And he knew that mommy was sad. And daddy was sad. And that there was something going on. He was He's a very sensitive kid. And he's very loving. And so he used to just lay with me. And tell me it was going to be okay, and that he prayed for me, and oh, that he loved me. So and then, yeah, he's he's a very sweet kid. He's very very sweet. And we told him until he's old enough to understand. We told him, you know, baby brother, he died, and he was sick. He was very unhealthy, and uh, that he went back home to heaven, and that someday again we'll see him again. And we go to his grave. He's he's he has a grave site because there are laws now that. You're past a certain amount of weeks. You have to have a burial for your kid. And I would have done it anyways, regardless. But, um, yeah, we go every month and we spend time there. And the kids bring flowers and toys for him. And so, you know, he he we think he had a bit of a setback because he, he knew something wasn't right. But he did pretty, pretty good. Yeah. So back to um, you got... Out of, you got up right out of bed because you felt the labor pains. Yeah, I woke my husband up. I don't know where the um, intuitiveness came in. Like, there wasn't really any, oh, what's going on? Oh, I, maybe my stomach just hurts. Oh, it's just part of what's happened. I mean, I just sat up, thought to myself for like 10 seconds, and I'm like, something's not right. Something's wrong. And I woke my husband up, and I said, I think I'm in labor and then he was like, well, it says that you would feel, I'm like, no, I'm telling you, I haven't felt like this 
at all. They told me I wouldn't feel this kind of pain until the day three. Something's not right. And then I, I'm telling you, I think it was the Lord again, because he calls the number that they gave us. If there's any questions that this happens, call us here. It was a busy signal forever. He could not get through. So he called the local hospital and he said, look, this is what she's, this is what's happened. This is what she did. They gave us this number. There's no one answering. What do I do? You know, and they said, no, you got to bring her in. So I got to go to a very nice hospital, very, you know, close to our home. They took me right in. It was a hospital that possibly could have, you know, they didn't believe it was a Catholic hospital. So they didn't really believe in what I was doing, but I was treated very well very very well and um the route that i was going to have to go through the place i was going to have to have him and yes i would have been able to see him but this place probably would have taken him away from me almost immediately mm -hmm. i got to spend two whole days with my son after i delivered him and it was the way that we wanted it you know it was just me and my husband and he came out obviously stillborn right Yes. Okay. And the bad thing about the next step on that is that um, I was in full-on labor. They told me, you know, we don't want you to be hurting or if you want to have these, you know, nice moments with your son, we suggest getting an epidural so that you're not in so much pain. And so I did. And um, I remember thinking, oh, my, you know, my hip and my butt's falling asleep. I need to roll over. And my husband said, well, let me go get the nurse so we can both move you. And um, he went to go pull the sheet back. And then he said, oh, um, I'll be right back. And he goes and gets the nurse. And she comes in. And I guess I had delivered him and didn't even know it. <gasps> so he had been on the table. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because they weren't coming to check on me as often as they normally would because of the situation. Yeah. And but unfortunately my husband now has that memory burned in Ugh. his mind of seeing the baby there. I didn't see that. Yeah. I didn't, you know, I didn't see any of that. Yeah. And um Jesus. so then everyone starts rushing in and the doctors in and they're, you know, fixing me up or whatever. But that that was it. I don't I don't we don't know the exact moment. They just gave us an estimated time and when he was born because that's when they found him and so I mean I'm I'm bothered by that and I'm also bothered that I understand that I was the priority after that and that they were probably just doing their job, but they laid our son in the incubator, not on, not turned on. They were supposed to have kept it on so that your baby can have blood circulating correctly. There's things you can do to not have their body demise faster mm -hmm. and uh he was just laying there and my husband said he was very angry because they just left him like just left him there yeah so that's something that you know that's his story that's his part but we did get to spend time with them we got to hold him we got to take pictures we got to pray for him and and uh unfortunately none of the stuff we had fit him because we didn't expect him to be that small yeah, he was only so eight tiny. and a half ounces and eight and a half inches. Oh, my, oh my gosh. gosh. I know that picture that you sent us. He's so, so tiny. Teeny, yeah, tiny. he's super tiny. And I have big babies. Like I said, my first son is nine and a half pounds. My youngest son was 11 pounds. So oh, oh my goodness. 
I have big babies, so for him to be that small was a confirmation of all the things that were definitely going wrong with him because they said even if he had just a few of the issues that he still should have been bigger than that. And, um, yeah, so... And we got to see the defect that was on, you know, the back of his head, and we could tell that his stomach was very distended, and we could, you know, we could kind of see through his his chest, and we could see certain things. He had it. Well, he also had like a digit missing on one of his hands, and so you know, I know it's not like because I've been told even from which I think is shocking. I've been told from other women who've almost made the exact same decision that I've made, but their kids had a different anomaly diagnosis than mine. And they'll even try to say, well, that outcome still could have been better. You should have just left things alone. Mine, you know, my kid's brain was missing or my kids, all my kids, my, my son's bones were broken in his body. That's different. And so that's hard to hear that coming from another person who made the same decision, but they're still justifying it you know right no yeah that that's no. not fair at all it's come on i'm dealing with this too like how yep. could you say yeah so i mean that's that's what I, that's our story that's that's my son easton that's his story and he will be five on august 19th oh, that's close to just he would have been five years old wow i do want to say because i've been told oh you wouldn't feel like that because if I had kids or if I did this or if it was hard, I've experienced every aspect. I've had a ectopic pregnancy. I've had, I've had four miscarriages. I've had a chemical pregnancy and I've given birth to two beautiful living children. So I've been on all sides of the, of that where they said, well, how can you, you know, like you don't know what it's like to struggle to get pregnant. Well, yeah, I do because it did happen and it may have gotten pregnant easily for the first two times. and But after that, no, it was very difficult. You know, and me and my husband, even after our youngest was born, we decided we wanted to go, we wanted another one. We had always said we wanted to have three kids. We do. We just, we wanted to have another one. And we tried for two years and nothing happened. So we thought, after you know what, Easton. that's it. God. After Easton or after uh, your youngest? After my youngest. So after okay. Easton, it took us about eight months to conceive. But after we tried for two years, two years and two months, and we were like, nope, you know what? Okay, we made peace with it. You know, we're like, no, we got the two. It's not meant to be because I just turned 40. And I thought, yeah, with everything that I've been through, with all the issues, yeah. I think it's just my time and no more. And then uh, two months ago, I wound up pregnant. You know, date night, one time. <laughs> and, oh, my gosh. Uh, what? So, yep. so you're pregnant <laughs> right now? No, we oh. lost it. Oh, no. <laughs> on, on May 16th, I had a miscarriage again at eight weeks. Oh, so yep, and it was rough. I have to stay out of all of my miscarriages. This one was painful like physically and mentally, like I don't even understand why it was just so different. Maybe because I am older, I don't know. But yeah, so we, like I said, we thought it was like, oh, it's meant to be again, you know, because I was on birth control and it was one time <laughs> and it still happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So we just thought, yeah, you know, that's what it's supposed to be. And then what's a chemical pregnancy? 
you know, it's before the five weeks point, and they call it a chemical because the reading comes up on the tests, but before you can even get to the higher positivity or going to the doctors to get the blood test done, it's already went back. Like, so you're pregnant, but it never reaches its full potential. If that makes any sense. Hmm, I think so. So I took a test because I'm like, you know, watching the clock, peeing on a stick like a crazy person all the time, <laughs> watching this, what's happening, what's this, what's that. This is after, or uh, when is yes. this? Okay. Yep. So I had the chemical, bef- right, you know, when we decided, okay, we're done, it's not happening or whatever, because I, th- I was only like, f- I was just barely past my period and I took the test and it was positive. And then I went to go take another test a few days later and it, it wasn't even coming up positive. So that's how fast it goes away. Yeah. <laughs> so before you ever even get to see anything. And then this one that I miscarried, I even got a digital, it says I was pregnant, went and had my blood test, was checking my HCG levels. They were going up, 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 up. And then I had to get a new doctor because the doctor, the wonderful doctor I told you had before, had left and moved to a different area and wasn't accepting my insurance anymore. So I had to find a new one. And he has my history. And, you know, I'm one of those women that has to be on the progesterone to keep my pregnancies. Okay. And he refused to give it to me. What? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I know this is going to sound terrible, but, you know, when you just have, like, those gut feelings, you don't have no concrete evidence of something, but you just know you feel it. I feel because he did know the actions of what we took oh. for our son that he really did not want to be my doctor. And by law, if he would have said or did something like that, he could have gotten in trouble. So I feel like he kind of dismissed me in most of my concerns and issues that I had because he never once made an effort for me to get in to see him, get an ultrasound, nothing. The only thing he did was just the blood work. That was it. So, I mean, I call that office to be like, I'm cramping. I'm hurting so bad. I was scared that I was having another ectopic. Mm -hmm. That was my thing. And I wanted to come in just to see where placement was. And he kept saying, well, we're not going to be able to see anything like a heartbeat. And I'm like, I don't, I'm not asking for that. I want to make sure that baby is where it's supposed to be. I don't want to, you know, having something explode on me again. Yeah. He just, uh, I didn't get the progesterone. So, and sure enough. And I went in and did that stuff by myself because I wanted my, I didn't want my kids to be all disrupted. And my, my oldest had like baseball um, finals coming up. And so I told my husband, I'm going to take myself to the hospital you go take the boys and you just pretend like everything's okay. And, you know, I just, I had this gut feeling that something was going to happen. And, you know, I was there for six hours. They said, we don't really have any bad news for you. I went home that night. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was bleeding profusely and I knew it. And so I guess I lost so much blood that I passed out. Husband took me to the hospital. You know, they got me right in and sure enough, they confirmed that I was miscarrying. So, it was kind of devastating because yeah. we thought that that was it. But, you know, it's the one question everyone kept asking. Well, are you guys going to try again? And I'm like, well, we weren't, but I think we are now because, by God, I'm going to make <laughs> – I feel like I'm going to make it happen. Okay. Yeah. That – TT, I don't even 
so we've been much. like quiet this whole podcast I know, because so much to take in we're like looking at each other like holding back our tears yes i know i'm sorry you've been <laughs> through a lot really do not be sorry. be sorry i just uh i felt this was the next move in my life because i like i said a lot of people don't know and i feel like there's i guarantee there's someone out there who is walking in, in the same shoes. shoes that i did yeah yeah and I've covered all grounds on that to where I've, I have been through it all and I'm still here. Where my depression does come in is that I had to make that decision. Yeah. But I did it for him. Mm-hmm. You did. <sighs> I really hope that someday you find peace in knowing that you did the right thing. Yeah, I, I mean grief is a really crappy thing (laughs) especially when it comes to having to bury your child yeah i can imagine it's not something i feel you know we lose people we lose loved ones but when it comes to your kids it's just it's really hard (laughs) it's only because i love him but I know he's in a way better place. And I know that someday I'm going to see him again. And I have all faith in that. Teaches me a lot. I ground myself quite often. I get, we have the craziest days with our kids. And my God, sometimes I should have bald spots on my head from wanting to pull my hair out because they're just being so crazy and I can't handle it, you know. But I stop and I think about what I have and where I'm at and how I know there are others that don't and therefore I woo saw myself back to normal (laughs) that's all you can do but I did wanted to to thank you guys for just being the most amazing people because I feel you guys are so real and you're doing great things for people by being so real I read your messages that you sent to us and I literally was just sitting there crying and I was just so thankful that, you know, you reached out to us and you told us how valuable our voices were to you. And it just reminded me and Jessica that this is why we do this. You know, we're hopeful that people hear these stories and they know that everybody has a struggle. And, you know, you think of abortion and you would never think that someone would have to make that choice because of health issues with their their child. So I yeah. think your story is so it's really valuable. Monumental. Very valuable to hear and for people to understand that we need to have these rights for all reasons. Yes. Yeah, I struggle with that. I really struggle with listening to the news lately. Yeah, I just, I so really do. I'm just so thankful that you're using your voice and spreading the awareness that this isn't just something people do because they made a bad choice or, mm-hmm. you know, it's mm-hmm. it's life. And sometimes the challenges are bigger than you think. Yeah. I mean, I listen to all the other women's stories and I, I could... I could feel it. I could relate to every single one of those. And it just, you know, I don't feel that 
someone else should have that right to tell us. Knowing and hearing my story and hearing the pain and the sadness because of the situation and every other woman's situation, who has that right to take that mm-hmm. from us? I, I don't. I don't feel that that's fair. Yeah. And I. F- and I fear for our children to grow up in this world and have that that taken away. Exactly. Yeah. And. Uh, Every, everybody is, was so different and I felt like with two of the girls and the other ones they felt a lot of guilt because they're like am I just aborting a healthy child like they weren't having any issues yeah but I feel that, that I don't pass judgment on yeah. anybody for whatever their reasonings yeah. of why they made the decision that they did because again you're not in their shoes you're mm-hmm. you know you're not living their life You there's just so much bad crap in the world right now that it's like yeah. why why do that why bring that into it when you know you know yourself you know if you're a teen mom and you know mm-hmm. that that's going to be the outcome of your life or if you've you know you have a number amount of kids and this is your situation I mean there's yeah. no there's no wrong or right for that I don't right, I don't right. feel that you know it should be like that I agree a hundred percent and I really hope that you sharing this story helps with the process of just finding peace in all of this. Yeah, me too. I, you, I seen a therapist, and oh, and I'll be, I'll be honest. I, yeah, I seen I seen a therapist at the beginning. Um, I do r- when July starts coming around. I do start seeing myself kind of go back to that dark place because his birth month is in August, and all the bad news started coming in June and July, and you know I it's almost like one of those internal clocks. It just, it kind of hits me and I I do get sad, you know, and I I don't clean the house and I don't do the laundry and I don't go socialize because I feel like that's my time to think about my, my son and, and all that happened, whether it be good or bad or whatever it was. And I take that time, but I'm not too big of a person to admit that right after this happened. I mean, I went, I went on some medication because you go into a dark place and and you want to be able you want to blame yourself for every single thing like i said you tend to think it's your fault even though it's not and there's nothing that you could do about you know the outcome and like the genetics and stuff like that so and you still had your I, other son to take care of yeah and see and that's why i said i go you know what i didn't i'm not fighting this fight to just let that kind of stuff go i don't want You know, that was the other thing. I'm glad that you mentioned that we had brought up, me and my husband. I said, you know what? Do you realize what kind of life we would have and what would be taken away from our our oldest at the time if we had a son that had all these conditions? Can you imagine the lifestyle that it would be? It would be very unsettling. It would be very, you know, there would be no um, order. He, you know, I could just imagine him getting into a lot of trouble because mommy and daddy are at the hospital is, you know, taking care of little brother. He's got another surgery or we got to drive to such and such. And I know that there are other people that do that, but that's what I was thinking also in, in the same, I was like, I can't, I'm not going to do this. He didn't ask for this. He, you know, he, it's not his fault. It's no one's fault, but we had more than just that to think of. Right. Yeah. That feel like that would be one of the biggest challenges yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and I don't have a huge family like I I literally just have my my mom and my dad and my mom's not the healthiest so it's like 
thinking, well, what if, what if, you know, what if that was the situation? Who would I have to take care of my kid that's here? You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I feel like you were pretty clear and straightforward with everything. And you gave us a lot of details. I don't really know if I have any questions. It's a lot of feelings right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We're just like, I know we read your story already in the DM, but like even still, like hearing it, having That's to why process I said, like, it. I don't think I would have been able, like, I know I gave you the gist of the stuff, but I'm one of those typers, like, man, I get going. I don't even stop to see if it's been autocorrected. <laughs> Me either. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm going with the feelings, and I, I feel, you know, that there is no better way than hearing somebody or talking to someone right. so you can hear their feelings. Yeah. Because it's hard to get that across. Yeah. And I'm glad you came on and, and told it yourself so it can help you in whatever way, and shape, or form. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And your voice yeah. is super powerful and... It needs to be heard. Yeah. There's no way us reading it would have done it any justification no, at all. Not at all. So well, thank you. I appreciate you. it. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. We really appreciate you listening and you sharing. It's It means the world. Well, thank you so much. All right, well, we wish you the best with every adventure that comes your way in life. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. And I wish you guys the best. And just remember, you're doing amazing things. Thank you so you much. <laughs> you are, too. You are. <laughs> and you go take care of your your little ones. Our crazy I can go kids. On, I can, can go, go set them free. Out of the dead. <laughs> you know, release the beast. <laughs> go let them out. We're going to go let yeah, ours out, too. <laughs> I'm gonna go let them know that since they were good, we're gonna go to Disneyland. So, oh, <laughs> awesome! Sounds like a fair deal. <laughs> yeah, they haven't been in a while. Don't we gotta even go before we can't go again. Don't so. even bring up Disneyland to Vanessa. She I has, don't. She has hardcore regrets. I right do. Now. I do. It's a touchy <laughs> well, subject. I'm, <laughs> I'm upset because we have passes and I only get to go today, and then I only get to go to California Disney after this, and I'm super upset about it. So. Oh. Well, you get out of there and have some fun yeah. with your kids. And I will. Thank you so much for your time. Okay. We really appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Okay, All right. You. Take Bye. care. You too. Bye. All right, guys. So that is our extra long 40th episode. Wow. We're getting there. I know. I mean, it's been a while. We're a little slow. <laughs> on the race. We should have a lot more episodes than this. But 40 is a pretty big number. It is. So with that in mind, there's so much more that we want to talk about on this topic. And initially, we thought two episodes was going to be Would enough. <laughs> totally not. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to shoot for just one more. Um, our plan is to get someone on to talk to us about being pro-life. And we have a couple more write-ins but um we're gonna see if we can convince somebody to chat with us because these stories are way too interesting to just hear they us are later. and they're very heartfelt when we can actually get the women that went through the experience to come on and tell the story themselves so we're gonna try to get one more guest on for you guys so you can hear her experience and all of her struggles she's been through so we'll see. We'll see if we can convince her. But if not, Jess and I would just read her experience for her. Yeah, we're totally going to do that because we have that on hand. And you know what? I'm going to complain to you about something that has nothing to do with 
what we were just talking about. But this is just about Tell me. this is just about me being moody. Okay. Um <laughs> <laughs> So when I was pregnant with Justine, mm-hmm. I would always for whatever reason want to have Taco Bell. Mainly okay. mainly because it was super close to my job. I could just walk there. And one day when I was like seven months pregnant or so, I walking the freaking two blocks to Taco Bell and it's freaking being remodeled. No. Yeah. How dare they? How dare they remodel Taco <laughs> Bell when I'm pregnant, craving it. And In I had, the middle of your pregnancy, what were they thinking? I know. And I had to walk. All the way to Jack in the Box, which was like another couple blocks. And then I had to go all the way back. So I'm walking like freaking 10 blocks to get freaking fast food. It's horrible. Oh my gosh. Okay. Tell me why. Today I wanted fucking Taco Bell. No. They are not fucking remodeling. They are not. I promise you they are remodeling. No. Dang, is it really that necessary? It's only been a couple years. It's been four years. What do they need to remodel? That place is brand new. <laughs> That's so rude. Oh, my God, of course. <laughs> Straight, extra pregnant. Oh, we got to remodel. <laughs> and I had to walk to freaking Jack of the Box, and I've had diarrhea all day. Oh, <laughs> eat the meat from Taco Bell. I only eat beans. Oh my god. <laughs> Man. It's oh really upsetting. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's the moody news for you guys. Uh-huh. Very upset about this Taco Bell. We need you to contact us immediately. <laughs> Why? I we need an update on the construction site. <laughs> Who does that? <laughs> Damn, they got you. <laughs> it's my punishment, I guess, for wanting oh to eat fast gosh. food. I guess. You should be making healthier choices. <laughs> I'm forced to. The universe is forcing me to make healthier choices. Not really. You walked to Jack in the Box. <laughs> and I and I pass a Gelson's on the way. Like, there's a health food oh store. And I just keep walking past it. I'm like, nope. <laughs> Can't go in there. No, no, no. <laughs> Boy, yeah, yeah. You're too much. I know, guys. Well, there's a little lighthearted humor for you guys after <laughs> such a heavy episode. Yes. This was such a heavy episode, so... Let us know what you guys thought about it. Yeah, because we loved our guests so much, and they really, they really touched our hearts. You should have—I mean, I had to edit it out, but in the end, after we were done with that last conversation, as soon as we hung up, the two of us did like the heaviest sigh of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a rough one. It's a very, very rough, rough, rough story. But I'm so glad her story is being shared with everyone that's listening. And we can all soak it in and just, wow. Yep. You know? And thanks to Brie for letting us laugh about it and not. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally two different 
ways that can go right there. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Gotta gotta deal with everything life has to throw at us. So just, just stay moody. <laughs> Moody Mommies. Moody Mommies. Moody Mommies Podcast.